which says you shall rejoice before Hashem for seven days, which is talking in, during the Yom Tov Sukkot, but stayed by Chag Sukkot, learned up the Rambam. The Rambam learns from this, as Chag HaSukkot is given a Simcha Yisera, that on Sukkot there was an additional Simcha greater than a normal Yom Tov. Mervi Ba'andere Ma'edis, more than other Yom Tov. This is what he says. Even though it's a mitzvah to rejoice in every Yom Tov. On Sukkot in the Beis Hamikdash, there was a greater simcha. Shenemar, as the pasuk says, shall rejoice before Hashem for seven days. How did they celebrate this simcha? On the eve of the first day of Yom they would prepare a place for the women upstairs for the men downstairs so that there wouldn't be a mixing of the men and the women and they would begin the celebration on the, after the first day of Yom Tov the night after the first day of Yom Tov and the same would happen also every single day of Chalamoid so during the whole, uh, starting from Maitzai, the first night of Yom Tov, throughout Chalamai, there would be the cel- special celebration with the men, women upstairs, the men downstairs. Zogn Mefarshim. So the commentaries say, As from them was the Rambam bring them posigos fachtem lofnei Hashem lekechem shivas yomim. Altsmoker of them, that since the Rambam uses this posig, you shall rejoice before Hashem seven days. That's his source. For the fact that the Chag Sukkos Hayu B'Migdash Yem Simcha Yaseira, that on Sukkos there was an, a, a greater degree of celebration. Well, Befrat as the Edamontnish the Simcha Yaseira Hatoshechz Mitzchamayim, especially that he doesn't make any mention that there is a connection between the Sheeva, the fact that they poured water on the Mizbeach during these seven days. He doesn't connect the Simcha with that. He simply uses the Torahs that there should be celebration on Sukkot in addition to what is always a mitzvah to do Simcha on Yom Tov is Muchach so from this is clear as the Rambam held that the Rambam is of the opinion as the Simcha Yisrael that this additional celebration that took place in the Beis Hamikdash on Sukkot more than any other Yom Tov has nothing to do with the water pouring with the mitzvah of the pouring of the water on the Mizbeach but rather there is a Torah obligation that there should be an additional Simcha on Sukkos this is particular to the Beis HaMikdosh as the Pasuk says before Hashem meaning in the presence of Hashem in the Beis HaMikdosh in Chag HaSukkos and that this is a Simcha which has to do with Sukkos as a Yom Tev, not Simcha Beis Sheva that on Sukkot there has to be as a Yom Tev, a greater degree of celebration more than or Simcha of rejoicing more than any other Yom Tev. as well as on Yom Tev, anywhere 
on Sukkot anywhere, there should be a greater degree of celebration. Sorry, that the the celebration of of Sukkot in the Beis Hamikdash has to be to a greater degree, even than Sukkot has to be anywhere else in the world. Anywhere else, it's just, it's a yomtiv. You have to celebrate, and on Suk on in the Beis Hamikdash, Sukkot has to have a greater degree of celebration. That's the meaning of it. When Tos was the Mishnah Rufta Son Simchas Beis Hasheva. And the fact that the Mishnah calls it by the name Simchas Beis Hasheva, so in other words, it does draw a parallel to the pouring of the water. And the Gemara brings actually quotes the pasuk, and you shall um, gather water or draw water in in rejoicing. What that means is that because of this pasuk, the pasuk itself is only it isn't it doesn't teach the halacha of that simcha that it's associated with the drawing of the water. It's just uh, often we t- we find the pasuk which seems to support uh, the concept that we're discussing, but it's not to say that we learn it from that pasuk that it is such a mitzvah. That's what asmachta means. It's a support that seems to show a similar concept. That when you draw water, it's besimcha. Hakmin de simcha yisaid of chagasukas mitzara given zamim mitnisachamayim. So this additional simcha of sukkas, which is a Torah obligation because of sukkas, was also drawn to. It was sort of like connected with the idea that there was also uh, the mitzvah of pouring the water on the mizbeach. So the chachamim related the two to each other, but they're actually two separate ideas. And that's why it's not called the joy, the rejoicing of the, the uh, drawing of the water. As the she'iva is the sibah from the simcha, that would, that, have, that would have meant that the drawing of the water is the reason for the simcha. But that's not what, how we call it, nor simcha's base hasheyeva. It's called the rejoicing in the place of the drawing of the water. The simcha mitzad chagasukas. That's to say that the rejoicing comes from Sukkot, because the Torah requires an additional level of rejoicing in the base of Migdash on Sukkot. But Kumfar in Beis Hasheva, where did this rejoicing take place? In the place where the drawing of the water was taking place. That was what they called the place with which they had prepared, as he mentioned earlier, where the celebration is going to take place. They call that the place of the drawing of the water. But the two ideas, the simcha is unrelated to the drawing of the water. The simcha is a Torah obligation for sukkahs. And they, it took place in the place where, what, that they called Beis Hashem, the place of the drawing of the water. Beis. However, we have to understand, because it would seem that in the Rambam there seems to be a contradiction in the Rambam itself. Er hypt on as the Chiyu von Simchi Yisera lent men up von Posigus Machtem of Neashem al Kechem Shivas Yamim. He begins by saying that this, how do we know that you have to have additional rejoicing on, on Sukkot? We learn it from the Posig, you shall rejoice for seven days. From which it would seem that the, the rejoicing should place, take place on the first day of Yom Tov as well. Because seven days, Vivaldar is 
Einer von die Shivas Yomim, since the first day of Sukkot was also one of the seven days of Sukkot. Und gleich nach dem in der selben Halacha, and then immediately following, in this very same Halacha, sagt der Maschilun Lemitzmayach Mimetzayam Tavarishin, that the celebration actually started the night after the first day. In other words, the first day was not included in this special celebration. So where do you have seven days? You only have six days left. And although it's true that the reason why they didn't celebrate on the first day is as the Rambam immediately explains. That this celebration doesn't override Yom Tov or nor Shabbos. Is so that in itself leaves the question. If it was true that this additional celebration didn't, wasn't, the source of it was not in the Torah, nor was only a rabbinic celebration. So then we could understand. The, there was a rabbinic enactment that there should be an additional celebration. On the first day, which is Yom Tev, you can't override Yom Tev in order to play music and so on. So therefore, they, they only started it after Yom Tev. It doesn't override the Torah law, or the law. Not, it's not necessarily a Torah law, but it's, it doesn't override the law that there shouldn't be music played. Thus, Eifana is given, the way that they celebrated the uh, Simcha, this additional Simcha in the Beis English was, as the Mishnah says, Achol Makeh, that they, there were musical instruments that were playing a menagne bekinur benavolim, and they played music on the various different types of uh, musical instruments, of mitzvatayim, and there was a cymbals. And everybody brought a uh, an instrument that they knew how to play. So there was basically instrumental music that was being played. But, uh, <coughs> So therefore, they couldn't play this music on the first day of Yom Tov. Because since it's only a rabbinic celebration, the source of celebrating this extra celebration is only rabbinic. So it doesn't have the ability to override the standing principle, which is that you're not allowed to play music on Shabbos and Yom Tov. Which is actually also rabbinic in nature. But since that's a long-standing principle, so the the and the new enactment of making uh, having music extra celebration ayanta was only rabbinic in nature. So therefore, one rabbinic principle is not going to override the generally known rabbinic principle that applies to every Shabbos and every yamtiv. And therefore, they couldn't play on the first day. That was if it was a rabbinic celebration. But since the Rambam seems to be saying that the celebration of the seven days, the additional celebration in the Beis Hamikdash, comes from the Torah, it's a, rab- a Torah principle. Very cautious. So then the question becomes: Why shouldn't the Torah obligation to celebrate in the Beis Hamikdash override the rabbinic prohibition to play music. Especially according to what we know that there is no rabbinic um, enactments or, or limitations in the Beis Hamikdash. 
and the celebration of Beis HaSheva was only in the Beis HaMikdash. So what would be the reason that they should suspend Simcha's Beis HaSheva for the first day of Yom Tif? It's a Torah obligation. The rabbinic uh, principle that you shouldn't play music doesn't apply against a Torah obligation. Certainly not in the Beis HaMikdash. We have a general principle that the rabbinic um, limitations don't apply in the Beis HaMikdash, ain't Shuz B'Mikdash. So why, according to the Rambam, was the celebration not done on the first day of Yom Tov? Gimel, Oyech Tafen Fashtein. We also have to understand, Vu, first of all, Vu is the mocker from Rambam, as v'smachtam of Nei Hashem l'kechem shivas yomim, main the simchi yaseira. How does the Rambam know that this posseg that says that you should celebrate, how does he know that this is, uh, that this is a, applies to an additional level of celebration? Not just to the regular celebration of Yom Tov. Number two, Nochmer, even more, Lachayra, Vi Kemen, Garlenen as a Pasig is the Ois Natsiba of the Simchi Yisrael Beis Amigdosh. How can we even say that this Pasuk means to bring out that there should be an additional level of celebration of the Beis Amigdosh? Vibaldas, the Rambam, Alain Zokt, in Afridika Halacha, since the Rambam himself says in a previous Halacha, as the Pasig is Fanuman, Oi Fanander, Lima, that this Pasig is needed to teach us something else entirely. Which is that mitzvahs lulav levad The mitzvah of lulav only applies for the first day. It says and you should take a lulav and an esrik. So everywhere else other than the Beis Hamikdash, only the Torah, uh, the Torah mitzvah of lulav and esrik is only on the first day. The later days are only rabbinic, whereas in the Beis Hamikdash, he says. It had to be taken every day. The lulav and the esrog were used every day of the seven days of the of the Yom Tov. and he uses this pasuk to teach that that you shall rejoice before Hashem. That's how he learns that in the Beis Hamikdash you should have the lulav and esrog every day of the every one of the seven days of Sukkot. So we already use this pasuk to teach that it's teaching about lulav and esrog. So how does he know? How could he even apply this to say that this is teaching that there should be an additional level of celebration on Yom Tov? He's already used up that pasuk for Lulav and Esrik. Dalit. Vait the Rambam. Then the Rambam continues and he writes, Mitzvah laharbez b'simchasu. It's a mitzvah to, uh, to increase, do a lot about this uh, level of rejoicing. However, it was not done by the, uh, the simple masses, the ignorant masses. The Cholmish Yitzah and anyone, anyone that decides that he wants to was not necessarily included in this celebration. Only the great of the sages of the Jewish people. The Roshiyah Yeshivas and the leaders of the Yeshivas. The Sanhedrin and the members of the Supreme Court. The Chassidim and the elders and the chsidim, the and the people of great, uh, you know, dedication to mitzvahs. They were the ones that would dance and clap, and sing, and rejoice in the base of Middash, during these days of Sukkot. But the rest of the people, the men and the women, their method of celebration was to come and watch and to come and hear. Well, the Makkah from the Ralacha is, and what is the source of this Ralacha from the Mishnah? comes from the Mishnah. The Rambam takes it from the Mishnah where it says, that the people, the Chsidim, righteous people and people of uh, 
dedicated to mitzvahs, hoyimeraktim b'fneim would uh, dance there. That's what the Mishnah says, and that seems to be the source. Dafim fashtein. So we have to understand. Number one, lefia now, based on what we said before, as Ladasa Rambam is a simcha chiyim in if we're saying that the Rambam says that this simcha in the Beis Hamikdash is a Torah obligation, al simchas yomtiv, as a part of the celebration of yomtiv, which is required in the Beis Hamikdash, unishadin the Rabbanu Metzanis Chamayim, and not that it's a rabbinic um, celebration which is associated with the with the fact that they were pouring the water on the mizbeach, which was very unusual, a different mitzvah than normal, and therefore brought its own joy, which the Rabbanon said should be done in a formal way. But that's not what the Rambam says. He says that it was a Torah obligation. Why then does the Rambam say that this was not done by ordinary, regular people, the common folk, and anyone that wanted and that the regular people, men and women, only came to watch and to and to hear. Why? If you're saying that it's a Torah law, so number one, how could you make differences between how one should celebrate this, or actually how one should fulfill this mitzvah which the Torah requires? This one should do it this way. This one should do it. How could you make differences? It's a Torah law. Everybody's obligated to do it. So why can't the ordinary people also be part of that mitzvah? And also, void the mocker of them. What's the source that the regular people shouldn't, that there would be a difference between one and the other? First of all, how could you make a difference? And then, even if you could make a difference, why does the Ramam, where does he take it from that there was a difference? Or where did they in the Beis Hamikdash get the source that there should be a difference between regular people and these and the, the sages and so on, the other people that were part of it? Where did they learn that there should be a difference between different Jews and how to and how to fulfill a mitzvah that the Torah says? A second thing that we have to understand: in Mishnah the Mishnah that we just quoted only says that there were the chsidim, the, the uh, great uh, people that lived beyond the letter of the law, and the anshemaisa, the people that were dedicated to, to the Torah mitzvahs, they celebrated. And the Rambam is moisiv, but the Rambam comes and he adds a whole bunch of new categories. And the simcha durgevid oich, that this simcha was also celebrated by... The great sages, the Rashi Yeshivas, the head of the Yeshivas, Sanhedrin, the uh, the members of the Supreme Court. Of course, he also includes Chassidim, as the Mishnah says, and then Haskenim and the elders. And then he says also Anshemaisa, which is from the Mishnah. But he added four or five different categories which are not mentioned in the Mishnah. Nachmer, and this becomes even a more pronounced question. The Gemara brings the Brisa. The Gemara quotes the Brisa was vetted sailed was some demolt gezogt the Chsidim and Shemaisa, quoting what what did the Chsidim, the people that were celebrating, what did they say as they were celebrating with the Balitshuva, and then what the Balitshuva said. There were two different. They quoted different psukim, the the Chsidim and Shemaisa, and then the the Balitshuva that were included in the celebration. So in other words, as is any given In other words, there were three categories of people. Now we know Chsinim and Shemaisa. Now there's Balat Shuvah too. 
the Rambam over is from the inside. So, but the Rambam, how does, what does he, who does he include in the categories of people that celebrated? On the one hand, Moisif under the Sugim, he adds more categories. Those very Nishdom unto the Brisa, which are not mentioned in the Brisa, which we said before this, Sanhedrin, Rashi, Shivas, and so on. On the other hand, he leaves out the Balichuba, which the Brisa does mention that they what they said and therefore they were part of the celebration. So why does he add categories and also eliminate the category of Balchuba? Hey, Vaitazog the Ramam. Then the Ramam continues on the same description of that celebration. The joy that a person should experience when he does a mitzvah, and his love for Hashem. So it's not in regards to this celebration. He now goes on to explain how should one conduct themselves in the rejoicing of doing mitzvahs in general. The, the mitzvahs that Hashem commanded us, this is a great avayda, the idea of doing it in joy. That is a very important part of Aveda, of a service of Hashem. And anyone that lowers himself, in other words, behaves, he might consider himself to be above dancing in the street and so on, or in the public. Say, so, no, he lowers himself, he does dance, and he does do things which otherwise he would not normally do. And he puts less importance, less weight and importance on you know, uh, appearing in the right way. That is true honor. That is how you gain true honor by lowering yourself and celebrating in a proper way in the before Hashem. That's the, the person that serves Hashem in love and that is the true honor of a person. So also the David, the king himself say, he had been dancing and his daughter criticized him how, do you, how does a king behave in this way so he said no I would do even more I would lower myself even more than this and I consider myself I would be um, humble in my eyes and I would celebrate in a way that is that you might say is unbecoming for a king I would do even more that's what David HaMalach said that's the right way of serving Hashem so we have to understand. bring the Rambam Why does the Rambam bring this principle, which describes the joy that has to be experienced in every mitzvah, not just in the? It's it's unrelated to sukkahs. It's the joy that must accompany every mitzvah. Why does he wait until now, deep into? His sefer, his celebrated sefer of the of the mitzvahs of describing all the halachos of a mitzvah. Why does he wait till now to say that there has to be joy accompanying a mitzvah? And even if you'll say that he does it here because he wants to, he's talking about the simcha already, a simcha of a mitzvah. He wants to bring together two mitzvahs which discuss the idea of simcha. If that's the reason, he could have already brought it earlier in the laws of Yom Tif, which is Fardem, which is number one, it comes before the Hilchas Sukkot. So it, it would have been brought earlier. Number two, Asimcha Klolis Yoser, 
the mitzvah of Yom Tev is a more general mitzvah, more than the particular simcha of Sukkot. And number three, the Iker, which is the main point, Siyum Inyan HaSimcha Dard, Retzach Vegn Simcha Babez Hashem Bechlau Pung Because over there in Hilchas Yom Tev, it talks about the general idea of Simcha, just like what he's talking about over here. So the two types of Simcha are much more related with each other, talking about the general idea of Simcha before Hashem. So therefore, the, uh, the Simcha that he discusses at the end of Hilchas Yom Tev, which talks about a general, the net general nature of Simcha in serving Hashem, would have been much more related to, the, to this message that the mitzvah of serving Hashem, the Simcha, is of a very important nature, and so on. So he should have brought it there. Is the fun mashma, so therefore from this we should be able to understand that Simcha shal mitzvah b'chlal, hotashaychus to the Simcha yisrael v'chagasukas, that somehow the Rambam says that the general nature of mitzvah, of Simcha accompanying every mitzvah, is related somehow to this additional simcha which was celebrated on Sukkot. And that's why it brings the two together. So, of course, you have to understand what that relationship is. So, to explain this whole thing. The mitzvahs the Rambam bring them possible. The fact that the, the Rambam uses this possible, you shall rejoice before Hashem for seven days as the source of this additional Simchan Sukkot. He doesn't mean to say that the Torah here is telling you that there should be an additional level of Simcha, al Simchas Yom Tev, over and above the ordinary Simcha of Yom Tev, then Chiyuv, in other words, from Simcha Yisrael Vachagas He's not relating the additional, this additional Simcha and Sukkot with the mitzvah of Simcha and Yom Tev, and to say that the Torah instructs that on, on Sukkot there should be an additional level of Simcha more than the regular Simcha of Yom Tev. Rather, what is he trying to say? Since we see that the Torah puts a greater emphasis on of the Simcha of Yom Tev which has to take place in the Beis HaMikdash. On Sukkot, that's where the Torah focuses in on it. As this Pasuk indicates, that he puts an emphasis on the Simcha which takes place on Yom Tev and relates it and brings it out during the Simcha of Sukkot. Even though we already know the mitzvah of rejoicing on Yom Tev, which was said earlier in the Pasuk, it's actually not earlier, but, it's, uh, but it is already stated elsewhere in the Torah. And over there, it says, So we know that there is a mitzvah to, rela- to rejoice on Yontav. Why then does the Torah put another pasuk, and it's in connection with Sukkot? So we see that there is, he, the Torah emphasizes the simcha that has to take place on Yontav on Sukkot, in its description of the Yontav of Sukkot. So the Ramam says, the far, because of this, because the Torah chose to bring out the Simcha of, of Sukkot, of Yom Tev on Sukkot, the, therefore, Hoysa, that's why they instituted, in the they, they, in the seven days of Sukkot, 
That's why they made an additional celebration, a more intensified celebration of Yom Tif on Sukkot, because they saw that the Torah brings it to our attention on Sukkot, so that's why they did it. Not to say that the Torah requires a greater degree of celebration on Sukkot. It's just that the Torah emphasized it on Sukkot, so therefore they made a greater celebration on Sukkot. What that caused was, since we see that it's all it's uh, brought out on, in the Torah on Sukkot, so therefore they rejoiced more on Sukkot. In the mitzvah klolus from Simchas Yomtev, and it was all part of the celebration of Yomtev. That's a mitzvah. Since the Torah adds another pasuk on Sukkot, so therefore they saw that there was a greater feeling of simcha. They felt a greater feeling of simcha on Sukkot, and therefore there was more celebration on Sukkot. But not to say that there is an additional mitzvah of celebrating on Sukkot more than there is the mitzvah of celebrating Yom Tov. It's the same mitzvah, only they felt more moved by the simcha on Sukkot. And that's what the Rambam means when he says, which he says two halachas on, it's a mitzvah to increase, to, uh, to greatly increase this mitzvah, this simcha. In other words, it's this same simcha. It's not that there is a separate mitzvah of simcha on sukkahs. It's just an increased level of the same simcha of Simchas Yomtev. Nor in the mitzvah of Simchas Yomtev Gufa, rather it's the mitzvah of rejoicing on Yomtev itself, is the Ad Gosha there is a greater degree of emphasis on Sukkot. Our Pizze is moving, so based on this, now that we understand that in this way that the Ramam doesn't see it as a separate mitzvah, but rather it's just a, an intensified level of celebrating Yomtev. Now we understand. Now we understand why it doesn't override the yontif. Even though it's related to the fact that the Torah says you shall celebrate for seven days, so why didn't they celebrate on the first day? And then, and because when you intensify the simcha, even on the first day, you would also be um, fulfilling the mitzvah of simchas yomtiv. So why didn't they do it on the first day? But since the simcha yaseira, this additional level of simcha, which was celebrated through music, that's how they chose to intensify it. But the Torah doesn't say anywhere that there should be, that there is a Torah here, that there should be an intensification of the Simcha. It's not so. The people felt more moved to celebrate in a greater way because of the fact that the Torah brings it out on Sukkot. But there's no requirement from the Torah that you should play music, that there should be an increased level of Simcha. And to fulfill the mitzvah of that you can do without this elevated degree of simcha. You don't need the music in order to fulfill that. 
Kenzi Nishdechaz and Misur. Therefore, it didn't have the power to override the general Isur, the general prohibition. Chacher is not the Rabbanan, even though even that celebra- the uh, Isur to play music is also only rabbinic. So, but still, it didn't override it because there is no requirement from the Torah that there should be additional mit- uh, simcha. It's not a Torah requirement that there should be additional simcha. So, therefore, the music that was being played was by the choice of the people or of the. Uh, they felt the need to celebrate more. But since there is a long standing prohibition that you're not allowed to play music, so therefore they didn't override that prohibition since it wasn't a Torah requirement that it should be done. The Mitzvah Moven. Now we can understand also Favos, the Rambam learned as Erev Yom Tavarishunayim is talking the Mikdash Makam Lenoshim. That when did they prepare it? They prepared it on Erev Yom Mishma. Even though from the simple reading of the Mishnah, the Mishnah seems to say that all this happened, that that's when the, the whole thing began. So why does the Ramam say that it started on Erev Yom Tev, is when they prepared the place where they're going to celebrate? Because for this an addition, additional increased level of simcha. There's no requirement from an atayra canal. As we said before, is mem So then how could when would they prepare it? Amitsayamta means on Khalamaid they would be uh, you know preparing, moving and uh, uh, fixing uh, wooden or whatever, whatever. However, they built these areas, this platform upon which the woman stood. They would be doing it on Chalamayd if you started only Matziyamtiv. But if it's not a Torah requirement, so why should they override the prohibition to do Malacha on Chalamayd, which is also a requirement? That's why the Rambam assumes and sees that they must have done it on Erev Yamtiv. Why would they delay it for Chalamayid when it's a question of doing it? If it was a Torah requirement, then sure, that would override it. But if it's not a Torah requirement, why override the Chalamayid for that? You could do it on Erev Yom Tev and then there would be no need to override it. That's why the Ramam assumes that it happened on Erev Yom Tev rather than on Eitzai Yom Tev. Zayin. Our Pizze is moving via Zayin. Based on this, we can also understand now how it's possible as in Kiyom from the mitzvah stamis that in fulfilling of this mitzvah of the increased celebration on the sukkahs that there should be differences about how different categories of yidin were permitted to participate in this celebration since this increased level of simcha is not a Torah requirement but rather it is a, a feeling of how in, an increase, a feeling of how, of how to celebrate Sukkot or Yom Tov itself because the Torah seems to make more of it on Sukkot and that's why the people felt moved to celebrate in a greater, to a greater degree as he said before is this in Gansen Tolabelev? So therefore, that of course depends 
on how everybody feels about his commitment to the Simcha of Yom Tev. If it's all dependent on the fact that the Torah says it here, and that's why you feel more for it, in other words, it depends on how you feel about it. In Oif and Regesh Adam, so it all depends on the, the way the person feels about it. How much, to how great a degree does this feeling of joy touch you? That's how much celebration you'll uh, do. And therefore, the Gres, the people of a higher stature, in Zeir Simcha, the people that were on a higher spiritual level, so they were moved by a greater degree of Simcha. That's why they danced and they clapped and they were more involved. The ordinary people that are not necessarily moved to greater degrees of Simcha. Therefore, their participation in the celebration was experienced in how uh, watching and looking and not necessarily being involved in the dancing and the clapping itself because they weren't moved in the same way as the greater people that were more spiritual and therefore more moved by a mitzvah and the fact that the Torah mentions it here so therefore they were more involved in it that, that's understandable and according to this as the Simchi Yisaitis Nishken Chiyimina Torah that this increased level of simcha is not a Torah command. But rather it's a, a greater degree of simcha of the mitzvah of simcha of Yom Tov itself. And therefore it depends on the feeling of the person and how much they relate, um, they associate with this idea of simcha. Vetmen oich verstehen, they will also understand, number one, the tam was the Alex sugim, that all these categories that are listed, the great sages, the people of uh, dedicated to mitzvahs, how they did it, because that's why he mentions all of these, each category is necessary to mention, because each one has a certain quality that the other ones don't have. And therefore, each category brings a, a, its own distinct feeling of dedication and love for the mitzvah of Simchas Yom Tov. And number two, the mocker as the alle oizgerech and tesugim of mezuch b'shtatav given in asiyas mitzvah. And how does the Rambam know? From where does he take that there were these categories and that they participated in the dancing and the singing? So do we have to understand two things. Why is it necessary for the Rambam to list a whole bunch of different categories that participated? Why not just say, the, you know, like the Mishnah says, Chesidim Anshemaisa. The Rambam lists a whole bunch of different categories. So first of all, how does he know? How does he know that these different categories were participating? And then why is it necessary to divide them into these categories? There must be a reason. In other words, that each one of these categories expresses a certain type of simcha that was experienced in this celebration. So to explain, the Gemara in Bavli on Yerushalmi, the Gemara both in Bavli and Yerushalmi, bring Bishmam nor Etachat Tanoim mentions by name only a few of the Tanoim on the Tzel Vizeh Hamzur and tells us how they celebrated, what was their 
participation in this celebration. Or what they said during the celebration. By Simchas Veshevah, by this Simchas Veshevah. Givis, haben sich doch alle Tanoim Shoeba Beisamish Mishtatagim. Without question, every one of the Tanoim that was there in the Beisamidosh participated. Without question. We don't think that it was limited only to these few that are mentioned in the Gemara. The Kama Vakama of Gizoktebis Badem, and most likely, not only did they celebrate and dance, they must have also said, you know, spoken about the importance and so on. Nor does was the Gemara tailed us the Edlachatanoim Mishman, but the reason that the, the Gemara focuses on only a few, these particular ones, and gives our, their name, Lo Yosef Lo Pachos, not more than these and not less than these, is those Valzanem Kedel Alas Sugim from the Mishtatim Besimchus Veisheva, because by mentioning these few people, it already captures all the other ones that participated, because they were similar to these. There is a few categories that the Gemara wants to focus on and emphasize, and these capture the rest of the picture as well. When Yeder Fonzei Asug b'fnei Atzmai, each one of the ones mentioned uh, represents a certain category. Fundi vos Eisemaisa the Simchas Yiseida of those people that were involved in the celebration, this increased celebration, because in the categories that the Mishnah chooses, the, the Gemara chooses to focus on by naming what they did, who did it, and what they did, that already covers all the other as well, because the few that are mentioned capture everything that was going on. Ches. So to explain all that, the Gemara Zokt, the Gemara says, <coughs> number one, Amar Rabbi Yeshua Mechananya, Kisha Yinu Tzmeichem B'Simchus Beisheva, when we were rejoicing in the Simchus Beisheva, Loi Ta'amnu Tam Shina, we did not taste the taste of sleep, the Hava Menamna Akasa Da'adodi, because we would rest, we would uh, take a uh, sort of nap on the shoulders, leaning on the shoulders of the next guy. Nobody went to sleep. They, you know, you have to rest a little bit, so they rested on the shoulders of another guy. That is something particular to this Rabbi Shulam Chananya that described it. Was sleep them. They'll say the Gemara was er had gezog when he gave us the That's why the Gemara says Rabbi Shulam Chananya said this. In other words, it was particular to him. They tell the Gemara, what's Rabbi Shulam Chananya? What does he have to do with this? The Gemara tells us as Rabbi Shum Chananya Hatzich Misvaker Givem Midisabe Devei Atuna. Why is the name Rabbi Shum Chananya brought out on this matter? Because we see, rather, what does it teach when we see that Rabbi Shum Chananya's name is mentioned as part of, as a, an important part of the celebration of Shmuel The Gemara tells us that Rabbi Shum Chananya had debates with the Sabe de Veyatuna, with the sages, the Goyish sages of Athens, the Greek uh, philosophers, the Greek scientists. They, the non-Jewish Greek philosophers, scientists, were great, uh, very great, wise men. And yet, he always outdid them. In the, the Gemara describes certain... Uh, Confrontations that they had, and that he always got the last word. That before the passing of Rabbi Shulam Chananya, 
the Jewish sages asked him, "My to have our lawn, what are we going What are we going to do now in regards to being able to respond to the heretics that always challenge us? You were the one that always did it. What are we going to do now?" So he answered them that just if, if the Jewish people lose wisdom, it means that the Goyim also will not have people to be able to challenge them. If he's gone, then, uh, then they won't have anybody uh, you know, on, a, on that level that would need Rabbi Shulman to respond. Others say that he answered with the Pasuk that when Yaakov and Esau were traveling, they said, let's travel alongside each other. In other words, bringing out the same point that if the Yidden don't have the wisdom, then the Goyim won't have the wisdom either. They travel alongside each other. From this we see that Rabbi Shulam from these two places would bring out the same point that he was the person that was able to, to answer the challenges from the great wise men of, the, of Greece. He was the, from the greatest sages amongst the Jewish people. And from them learned the Rambam, so from this the Rambam knows the fact that the Gemara quotes Rabbi Shulman in about what happened at Simchat Beisheva, in other words, he was part of it. So we know clearly that the great Chachme Yisrael were part of it. Rabbi Shulman was the greatest of them. So that's how the Rambam knows that he was that the Chachme Yisrael, this category, was part of it. Then we go on. Amru Oliver of Shimim Gamliel. They said about Rav Shimon Gamliel, that when he would celebrate, he would juggle, and, you know, he did that kind of a thing, he would juggle. And as, in other words, that shows that Rav Shimon Gamliel was part of the celebration. Now we know from the Gemara, is Rav Shimon Gamliel given Nasi a Sanhedrin. Rav Shimon Gamliel was the leader of the Sanhedrin. The, the, the uh, Supreme Court was 71 Chachamim, and the greatest amongst them, they made him into the head of the Sanhedrin. And he was the head of the Yeshiva, and that's the one that is referred to as the Nasi, wherever you see the title Nasi, that's what it's talking about, the head of the Sanhedrin. The Nasi and the Rosh Sanhedrin. He is the, the is the Rosh Sanhedrin. From them, Nem the Rambam. So from this, the Rambam knows as the Sanhedrin. If the Gemara tells us that Rav Shimon Gamliel was there juggling, so then we know that the Sanhedrin was there. That's clearly who Rav Shimon Gamliel was. That's why he includes that category. Then we go on. Amr Olaval Hill Azakin. They said about Hill, the elder Hillel. Shahaya Samer Basimchut Beisheva. Amar. What he said when he was celebrating the Simchut Beisheva. So Bibald, as the Gemara has been diagnosed, Imtza Anuf and Hill Azakin. Since over here the Gemara calls him the Hillel, the elder. 
even though in other places, many other places where Hillel is mentioned, it doesn't say Hillel the elder. It simply calls him Hillel. He's moving in the minion. So it's clear that it's, it's teaching us something by calling him Hillel Azokin. Which, which is the, the Gemara is making the point <coughs> that, the, that he was celebrating as a part of Simos Be'esheva in his role of the Zikainim. That's why over here it calls him Hillel Azakin. Hillel, who was part of the Zikainim. When the Funnem the Ramam Askainim so therefore the Rambam now knows that the category of Skenim was part of the Simchus Be'i Sheva. That's why he mentions that category. Tess. We go on, uh, not go on, but in Yerushalmi now. Ve'etzugigeb nochener. The Yerushalmi mentions another of the sages that were part of it. Ben Yehoitzdok. Ha'yemishtaber bekvitzoisov. Ben Yehoitzdok would praise himself by his leaping and his dancing and leaping, the, the, what he was able to do. And jumping and leaping. Since that story of that he was the Ben Yehoitzdok celebrated in this way, there's something to learn from it. Is the So clearly, the when the when the Gemara Yerushalmi or Bavli teaches something, it doesn't come to obscure. It comes to teach, it comes to illuminate, not to hide, but to illuminate. Nor does his God of Israel was Mancha Bismish Kayan, Vegavelchas Ved Gered, Mamakamacher. Who is this Ben Yehoitzdok? The son of Yehoitzdok seems to be cryptic. Why is, the, uh, why is it saying it in such a way that it sort of doesn't give us his name? It should tell us his name. The, the Gemara is there to illuminate, not to hide. So therefore, it must be a Ben Yehoitzdok, which is found elsewhere. If, we, if the Gemara tells you that it's Ben Yehoitzdok, there is a reference to him somewhere. You'll know who he is by knowing where that is. And therefore, in the list of Tanoim that we have, we do find that there was a Reb Shimon Ben Yehoitzdok. There was a Reb Shimon Ben Yehoitzdok. So now we know it's Reb Shimon Ben Yehoitzdok. So in regards to this Reb Shimon Ben Yehoitzdok, the Rebbe was trying to establish that this Ben Yehoitzdok is Reb Shimon Ben Yehoitzdok. Otherwise, why give us his father's name if you're not going to tell me who he is? So therefore, what do we find about Reb Shimon Ben Yehoitzdok? Gefintmen ober nishin chazal zon detzel vegen zayna maylus miyachodes. We don't find anything in the chazal, in the, in the in reports of the sages that should talk about some outstanding qualities of Reb Shimon Ben Yehoitzdok. We don't find anything like that. So therefore, his name itself expresses who he is and what he was and what was special about him. The Shaykhus or Rabbi Shimon, the fact that they called him Rabbi Shimon. The Shaykhus Rabbi in In regards to the description, the, the title, the honorific Rabbi. So it says in Tesefta, anyone that had students, they called him Rabbi. That's when that title was used. Thus haste. As Rabbi Shimon ben Yehoitzdok is given a Rosh In other words, that the fact that he's called Rabbi Shimon ben Yehoitzdok means that he had a yeshiva, he had students. 
in the fun is the achacha from Rambam. So therefore, now the Rambam knows as Rashi Yeshiva somzich b'samer given b'simchus be'sheva that the Rashi Yeshivas also participated in, in simchus be'sheva. So in other words, the Rambam from those names that are mentioned in the Gemara about what they did and different ways in which they, uh, the Gemara tells us about what they did in Simchus Be'i each one of them represents another category of sages that were participating. And the Rambam lists those categories based on the names that were mentioned in the Gemara about what they did. came a fragment of them, but you could ask the question, how could you say that the reason that the Yishami mentions him is in order to know that the Arash Shivas participated also because we know that Rebbe, he was a Rebbe, meaning he was a Shiva. So how can you say that's the reason that the Yishami mentions him? The, the Yishami doesn't call him Rebbe over here. It simply refers to him as the son of Yehitzchak. So how could you say that that's the reason that he's mentioned in order to tell us that the Rosh Hashivas were participating? Is the Teretz of them. So the answer to that is He would praise himself by his, the, way, the methods by which he was able to leap. That he himself praised himself. He bragged about his ability to dance in this way. And when somebody talks about his own qualities, he's telling us how good he is at dancing. So if the Gemara is saying that he was praising himself, so you have to make sure that it's understood both for others as well as for the person himself that this was not about his own arrogance or his own self-importance or that he wanted people to think how great he was. That's why he referred to himself as the son of Yehoshua. He didn't even mention his name. He simply mentioned his father's name in order to show, to make sure that everybody understood that this was not about his honor because he referred to himself in a very humble way, the son of Yehoshtok, but Rabbi Yechonah is similar to what we find by Rabbi Yechonah Hazakeh, that whenever, when he talked about himself, he said, what this means is, the, the Gemara tells the story that this, the, one of the children of Rabbi Yechonah got sick, so he went to Rabbi Hanina and he said, please pray for him. So Rabbi put his head between his knees and he prayed and the child got better. So Rabbi Yechonah Mezakeh said, if I had my head between my knees all day long, it wouldn't help, it wouldn't have done it. So his wife said, why, is he greater than you? He said, no, but he's like a servant in the house of the king. I am like a minister in the house of the king. In other words, Rabbi Yechonah Mezakeh was talking about himself even mentioned a certain quality about himself. That's why he referred to himself, not by his own name, but Ben Zakai. He didn't use his own name, nor mit mernisht al sazun only referred to himself as my, his father's son. In other words, when somebody is going to speak about a certain quality that they have, they refer to themselves in a humble way, not even mentioning their name. And that's why Ben Yehoitzdok over here, 
didn't mention that he's Rabbi uh, Shimon Ben Yehoyitzdok. He simply referred to himself as Ben Yehoyitzdok because he was, pr- uh, you know, bragging or praising himself with his ability to dance in such a beautiful way. So that explains why the Rambam adds all of these categories because the fact that the Mishnah mentions them by name teaches us that each one ha- represented a different category. Yud. The Tam Favos the Rambam What's the reason that the Rambam doesn't mention Balachuva, which the Brisa does mention? The Rambam learned that the Brisa is Nish Moisif of the Mishnah. The Rambam takes the position that the Brisa here is not adding to the categories that are mentioned in the Mishnah. Nor is Mefarish Mefarikidarcha Brisa, Stas Vashtait Be Mishnah Bekitzer. Rather, the, the function of a b'risa is to elaborate and to explain what is written in the Mishnah in very short words. And the, Ram, the, the, the b'risa expands and elaborates, explains what the Mishnah is saying. Therefore, the Rambam says the same thing is happening here. The Mishnah mentions chesidim v'anshemaisa. The, the term balachuva, that it, what is this, a new category that isn't mentioned in the Mishnah? So the Raman says, no, it's not a new category. The Sulk Sidim Vashtait in the Mishnah is Kirul Saich Sidim Befrat and Sai Balachuva. Because the, the category mentioned in the in the Mishnah, Sidim, includes in it Sidim and Balachuva. And that's why there's no need for the Raman to mention Balachuva. It's included in Sidim. But and it goes according to his opinion, because Rashi taught Kol Chosid have a Chosid Mikari. Rashi goes with the position that every chassid, where it's a, there's a mention of a chassid, means he was always a chassid. According to Rashi's opinion, you wouldn't be able to say that it includes balachuba because he says a chassid means once a chassid, always a chassid. He always was a chassid. But the Rambam says differently in Hilchas Deis. He says there, Mishu medaktik al somebody who is very careful with himself, and he even goes away from the average, from the middle of the road in matters of morality. He goes a little bit off the middle path, he goes to a higher degree, or negative things to a lower. In other words, he stays further away from the other side. Nikra Chosid, that's called a Chosid. He does more than the middle of the road. And this kind of, if that describes a Chosid, that can be true for somebody who was always a Chosid or a Tzadik. And it could be also, and even more so, one could say, that for a Balachuva, this is even necessary. This is even the, the beginning point for a Balachuva to go not in the middle road, but as the Ramam says, you have to go away from the middle road. You have to go to a higher degree. So it pertains even more so to a Balchuva. The Riva learned that that's why the Ramam goes with the opinion that when the Mishnah learns, says the word Chsidim, it means also Balchuva. For this reason, the Montnij, the Rambam, the Suk Balachuva Zunda, that's why he doesn't specify Balachuva separately from Chsidim. That's already included in Chsidim according to the Rambam. Now, Shreif Chsidim Stam, he mentions Chsidim, or Besifra, he mentes Sai Chsidim, he corrects Sai Balachuva, because in the Rambam's safe, in the way the Rambam writes it, 
Chassidim includes both categories of tzaddikim and balachul. Yudalef. Lachri kolzeh. After this whole explanation is moving, now we can also understand was behemshel tzitzimchus beisheva. That and why the Rambam, in continuation to the mitzvah of Simchus Beisheva, is the Rambam Mavar, the Milo of Simchus Shlom Mitzvah Bachlal. Why now he explains the general principle, the idea of Simchus Shlom Mitzvah? Why did he choose here to put it in here? Vibal does the Simchus from Simchus Beisheva is a sofa in the Simchus Yomtev mitzadem chvivas hamitzvah from Simchus Yomtev. Since, as we explained now, that the additional Simcha that took place on Sukkot was not a separate mitzvah, but was rather a deeper commitment to the simcha of Simchas Yom Tev. So it comes out, So therefore, in, in essence, this is the very concept of the simcha that accompanies every mitzvah. It's the same thing, it's the same idea. I suffer of them ikir in the mitzvah, it's merely an addition to the way you perform a mitzvah. So in the in the mitzvah of Simchas Yomtev, the way to perform it with Simcha was a deeper Simcha in Simchas Yomtev. So and the same is true for every mitzvah. You should have Simcha which accompanies that mitzvah. So they're actually the same idea. It literally is expressed in these words. That it is a simcha that a person should celebrate when he does a mitzvah. But one can go further. In simcha shal mitzvah b'chlal is asach aggressor of to the simchas beisheiv. The simcha that accompanies a regular mitzvah is even greater. It's an, a greater accomplishment than the than the Simchas Beisheba, in other words, the increased Simcha that came on the Yom Tov Sukkot. Why is that? Simchas Beisheba, when we talk about Simchas Beisheba, since he's already in a situation of Simcha, because that's what Simchas Yom Tov generally means, the basic level of Simchas Yom Tov is already that you're in a state of Simcha. Obviously, Without question, you're not going to be in a depressed mood on Yom Tov, so that's out of the question altogether. You're already in a state of simcha. So therefore, it's less of a stretch to say you go another step in your simcha. You celebrate even more. Of a simcha shal mitzvah b'chlab, when we talk about regular simcha shal mitzvah, was mefodet by yeder mitzvah, which is required by every mitzvah, on yed and tog, and every single day, on bavos, for a matzvah is on zayin, and whatever situation you are, it doesn't matter what's happening in your life otherwise, is zidafka anavayda over there, it's a big, it, that's a big thing, that you can, at any time, in any place, whatever mitzvah you're doing, you should be able to bring yourself to a level of simcha, that is even more, than the simcha, than a, a greater accomplishment than the additional simcha which was experienced by simcha veshevah. On the Rebbe bring the Rambam a dogma from David Melech. That's why the Rambam brings an example from David Melech was in the father's mecharke lefnei Hashem that he was whistling and uh, so on before Hashem to bavayzin a vifel as davzayin the simcha by all mitzvahs to show. To demonstrate what kind of mitzvah, what kind of simcha has to accompany every mitzvah, even though it's difficult 
to bring yourself to that, that every time you do a mitzvah, you should be in this great ecstatic mood that is not this, is so simple. So based on this, the Rambam works his way from the most basic level and to higher degrees of simcha. First he brings the mitzvah of simcha and yom tov in general. That in every yom tov there is a mitzvah to, sell, to rejoice. Then he goes up a notch. He speaks about the simcha from Chagas Sukkot, the simcha that accompanied the yom tov Sukkot. Bas is a hecher avayda, which is a higher level of simcha. Or kanala does kum mitzat chavivas hamitzvah that because they had this. Uh, they had this greater love for the mitzvah because the Torah mentioned simcha specifically in Chag HaSukas. That's why they had a greater feeling of si- for the mitzvah of simcha and yontav on sukkas. When the Norvegian simcha shal mitzvah and then he goes to an even higher degree of simcha that any time, any place, you have to have the same simcha. That's, this is even more difficult. That's considered a great level of Avaidah, a very high level of Avaidah. Yud Beis. Das is Eicha Hirab and Gela Poilan. This is, gives us a lesson also in our daily life. Aid can, can the Bazir Trachten, Aid could think, could reasonably think. Bishleim in the Tag Fun, Yusman Sim Chaseinu. We can understand in the days of uh, what the Torah calls the days of our rejoicing, the Yom Tov of Sukkot. Then he can bring himself to a state of simcha. But how do you bring yourself to a time of to a state of simcha after that period, which is considered to be opportune for simcha's man simcha seinu? But what about in the middle of cheshvan? You know, in the middle of a winter day, what kind of a simcha could you bring yourself at that time? Zog the Rambam, so the Rambam says, as noch the simcha for simchas veisheve heiptzach erst on the avayda gedolah for simchas yom mitzvah. That this is not when the time to stop. When the sim- sukkah is over, that's not when you stop. You don't stop simcha. That's when you move on to the greater level of the avayda of simcha. The simcha that has to accompany every mitzvah. Because always, even during a regular weekday. Is yet the tenuah of na'idin fabunim mitavaydus Hashem. Every mo, every move that a yid makes is involved in the service of Hashem. Sis a mitzvah kipshuta. Either it's an actual mitzvah in the simple understanding of what a mitzvah is, or this is a pratful komasecha yilu shem shemayim, or it can be described as everything that you do is l'shem shemayim, or even greater in bechol derachadayu that whatever you do, you're doing in the service of Hashem. So therefore, everything that a yid does is somehow serving Hashem. And therefore, everything that you do, you have to go about your whole life, everything you do, Basimcha. As the Pasuk says, serve Hashem Basimcha. And everything that you do is in the service of Hashem. So you always have to be experiencing Simcha. Even though our sages tell us, that is prohibited for a person to fill his mouth with laughter in this world, meaning after the Chorban Beis Amigdash. 
is a b'muvim, but it's, also, it's, also, it's still understood as simcha shal mitzvah is adarab. That when we talk about simcha mitzvah is to the contrary, achiyuv un inyan achrochi. That is an obligation and is something essential, necessary and essential that a, a yid has to have. Un dafke dos peil doich lemayle inyan aschayk. And that this kind of simcha is what causes a reciprocal reaction from Hashem above. That over there, there is also joy as a result of our joy here. Until, as the Pasuk says, the one who sits in heaven, Hashem, laughs. He laughs, meaning he mocks those who want to apply pressure to the Yidin Chasusholim until we come to the fulfillment of the prophecy that then in the time of Mashiach our mouths will be filled with laughter with the coming of Mashiach speedily now